Right. Well, welcome back to the Chronic Command. I'm Josh, and today with me, I've got Chris. Hi, Chris. How are you going? Great, great. Thanks for having me. No, thank you, mate. Um, so, yeah, as as you know, I've invited you the other day to come onto the podcast, talk about yourself and how you got into the hobby, and give us a bit of a sure. hobby origin story. So, Chris, lead away, mate. How did you actually get into wargaming and and finding miniatures and that kind of thing? Well, uh, I would say that I'm I still consider myself kind of a newcomer. Uh, even though I started the hobby like 30 years ago, I still feel like I'm discovering new games maybe that I you know, had never played before or um, it, it, everything seems new to me, which is a, a kind of an exciting thing, I think. Um, but, but as far as my hobby origin story, I would say it started back in around 92, 93. Um, a friend of mine who I had met uh, through playing D and D, uh, he was he was an art student, and he was really interested in um, you know background story and fluff and artwork. And he he said, "I got these books. I gotta show you. I just got." And uh, they were Rogue Trader, and uh, I think he had Realms of Chaos and uh, Wa the Orcs. And he was just fascinated by the artwork and, you know, a lot of the background in those early books. And uh, I looked, I looked through those books and I was just blown away because I was like, I don't know what I'm seeing here, but I think I want more of this stuff. Um, because I had been familiar with fantasy, like Tolkien fantasy and um, like Star Wars and Buck Rogers, but, but this was at a different level that I had, had never seen before. And um, just the, the art and the stories and all of the, the world behind um, the Warhammer universe really, you know, really spoke to me, I guess. So we wanted to play Rogue Trader, but we didn't have any models. Well, we, did, we didn't have any of the models. So we would just use whatever we had and we would say, okay, these skeletons are space marines. And the one with the spear, that's a missile launcher. And, um, and you know, that stack of books is a hill and that pile of socks on the floor, that's woods. And we would just, you know, that's how we played and we loved it. And um, I was just, I didn't own any of the books. So of course, whenever I would, you know, see him or I'd borrow these books, I would just, you know, flip through them because I thought, you know, the art was just amazing and, and everything I was seeing was so cool. Um, and somehow we got in touch with mail order. And I remember my first models, I think, were a box of um, plastic space marines. You got 10 of them for like less than $10. And that's just like ridiculous. You know, we could think about that now. Um, I also remember having uh, some squats and some um, space orcs. Um, and at the time I lived out in the country and I wasn't driving. So um, I worked in town and I remember I would, on my lunch break, I'd get an hour lunch break and I just walk around town and there was a ceramic store in town where they sold, like my mom was into painting ceramics and stuff. I guess that was a big thing back then, I don't know. And that's where I would get my paint. And it was like 
obviously ceramic quality craft paint, which wasn't that great. I guess for ceramics it was, but um, that's where I got my paint, my brushes, and that's what I would use. And of course they didn't have uh, metallic colors. I think they had this stuff. It was like a clear goo with flecks of sparkle in it, but that wasn't very good. So um, I would just use gray for silver and goldenrod for gold. And I like to think that back in 93, I was pioneering non-metallic metals even back then. Uh, so let's see, I know there was a comic book store that also had opened up and I was, um, I went in there and I found my first white dwarf. And you know, up until this point, I was borrowing, you know, my friends, but but the white dwarf, I think it might have been issue one fifty six, if I if I'm right on that, um, and that was where in, where space wolves were introduced, and I remember seeing pictures of these painted space wolves, and it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen, you know, and I thought, man, I will never be able to paint anything like that, and I think that the fear of that really held me back because I. I, um, I just thought I'd never be able to do it. So I didn't even touch it, even though I think they were probably my favorites um, at the time. But back then, I, you know, just kind of learning how to paint with these craft paints and um, we were making terrain out of anything we could find. So you'd have a styrofoam insert to a box. You just flip it upside down and it's an instant bunker. And I was making like ore cuts out of um, upside down wooden berry boxes and, and stuff like that. And that was a lot of fun, just, um, you know, just kind of handcrafting everything and proxying stuff and, and using whatever we had. And I think, I, like, I think about things now and like, I would never do that, which is kind of sad because I think I've, I've become a little too um, strict with myself as far as how things look and, and what I'm using. And, um, I, I don't know, I think I need to reevaluate that a little bit because I think I boxed myself in a little too much. But anyway, um, at some point, I remember finding out about an electronic store in a, a local town that sold games. I think they might've been listed as like a retailer, you know, like a pamphlet or something. I'm not, I'm not sure how I, I came about it, but... Um, we found out about this electronic store and it was like, I remember they had a game club in the back and I remember drive or I had to drive back then. I rode my bike like five miles in the dark to find this place. And um, inside this electronics repair store, there was literally a corner where they had a bookshelf with some games on it. And of course I'd never seen any of this stuff before. Um, and I was, you know, really kind of deer in the headlights, you know, and they had a game room in the back and you'd walk back through this stock room into a, a storage room they'd converted into a game area with some tables set up and, and bookshelves with painted miniatures on them. And there were guys playing Battletech and um, Epic Space Marine. And I was like, what? This is great. I don't, I, I don't know what this is, but I love it. Uh, but unfortunately, I didn't really get a chance to get back there too often. Um, most of my time, I was just reading White Dwarves and kind of living vicariously through 
um, you know, through those battle reports and, you know, collecting what I could, painting what I could. Uh, eventually my, th that electronic store must have closed up and my friend who I was gaming with at the time, he, he went off to college and I just, you know, that, that was kind of it for a little bit. But then um, I was driving at that time and I found there was a new game store that opened up not too far from me. And um, I mean, that was a real blessing. And when I went in there, that was like another world opened up again. And, and that's what, that begins what I would call my game store years when I would just spend as whatever free time I had just in this game store, watching people play, uh, buying stuff and, um, you know, really just trying to get as much of the hobby in as I could. Um, I was, I was, you know, I was painting. Um, I think at that point I was, had given up, um, craft paints and moved on to Citadel. Uh, but I wasn't painting as much as I would like. I was playing, but not nearly as much as I would like, but I was mostly just collecting, you know, buying, um, buying games, putting together stuff, dabbling with painting it, trying out the rules and, um, you know, trying to find an organized um, game to play. And unfortunately the group, there was a smallish uh, game group and it seemed like whatever they were into playing, like you had to be playing that or there was really nothing else to play. And by the time I would buy a game and start painting some stuff up for it, they had moved on to something else. So that was, it was kind of a frustration, um, but I remember owning um, Warhammer Fantasy Battle Fourth Edition, assembling those models, uh, dabbling with painting some of those. Uh, I had Man of War. I think I had played a game of that just out of the box. Uh, Blood Bowl has a couple teams for that. Uh, third, uh, yeah, Blood Bowl Third Edition. I guess had just come out, so that's what it was. Um, Second edition 40K, I know I had models uh, for that. Um, Necromunda, I don't think I ever played that though, but I know I owned it. Uh, Warhammer Quest, now that was a game that I did play quite a bit. Uh, we had a blast playing that. Um, and then Warhammer Fantasy Battle, fifth edition had come out uh, and I was I had played more games of that. I don't think I ever played fourth edition, but fifth edition, I do remember playing. Uh, I had a Wood Elf army. And um, yeah, like I said, I was, you know, painting, playing what I could, collecting mostly, um, but, but, but not nearly as much as I would like to because there were other things that were competing uh, with miniature games uh, at the game club. Uh, Magic, of course, had come out and that was huge. Um, and I was just kind of, you know, playing what other people were playing. Um, so for, the, for several years, I was just, you know, off and on. Um, sometimes I'd be painting more, or, uh, painting and playing more. Sometimes, you know, not so much. Um, but then I remember a shift started to take place uh, around the time that third edition 40k came out and uh sixth edition warhammer fantasy and things just the aesthetic just changed and of course the rules changed and and there were some people that weren't really 
excited about that and they started dropping off. And I think that's around the time I, I dropped off too, because it was getting increasingly hard to find other people who are interested in playing. Um, and, and it's kind of stupid because, I mean, thinking back about it now, like, why didn't we just continue to play the games that we liked? Why didn't we continue to play second edition instead of saying, well, I don't like what they're doing to third edition, so I guess I'm not going to play anymore. And that was kind of silly, but that's, that's you know, that's what we did. So um, let's see, around that time, I kind of moved away from miniatures games and started focusing more on board games. And I became, um, I was really big into, you know, collecting board games, playing board games, you know, building a, a, a board game collection because it was much easier to find people to play. I mean, I could play with non-gamers. I could play with my family um, and, and friends. So that's, you know, that's the shift that my, my hobby took. And um, <clears throat> I know at some point, you know, through some life changes, um, I know I moved and I uh, got married. Anyway, all of my miniatures, all, my, all those old GW games, they just somehow disappeared. And I don't know whether I sold some or threw some away. I don't know. But uh, I think the only thing I had kept through all of that was uh, Blood Bowl and my teams and my Wood Elf army. Um, even though I wasn't playing, um, you know, Fantasy Battle, I was still playing some Blood Bowl when I could. But um, yeah, that, that was that was kind of where I when I got out of it all. Um, I remember at one point, this is kind of a funny anecdote. Um, I was at a game store playing other games, collectible card games and such. And I, I ran into this guy who um, I knew him, but I didn't know him well. Anyway, he said he was selling an Eldar army. And I thought, oh, that's cool. I used to, I used to play Eldar. And uh, I said, you know, got rid of it years ago. So I looked through this box of Eldar that he had, and I thought, man, this, this looks familiar. This is all the old stuff that I had. And then I picked up a model. It was a converted uh, Dark Reaper Exarch. And I thought, wait a minute, this is my Exarch. I, I made this model. And um, I was like, where did you get this, this army from? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I got it from, you know, so-and-so. And it turns out, I think this army must have passed through a couple of different people's hands before it ended up back in my hands. I, I bought it from him and uh, it was cool. I, like, like no one had touched it. It was pretty much, you know, right where I left off with it. Um, but unfortunately I couldn't find anyone to play and I never really did anything with it. And I, I think I sold it again. So uh, that was kind of sad to miss out on that. I think like many of us, it's, it's a very similar story, isn't it? Like, you know, we, yeah, get, in, we sure. get into the hobby somehow through friends or through, you know, finding a game store in a local area that carries yeah. these weird and wonderful books and miniatures on the shelves. And then we look very, you know, um, very curiously at them and, and pick some up. And then, you know, uh, we go through that stage of finding other people who are interested in, into it if we're lucky enough. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, life changes. And then somehow, I don't know if some kind of you know, Games Workshop Spirit God or something comes into our homes and takes all these wonderful miniatures and games <laughs> and books. Because, mate, I, for, for me, I, I just don't know where the hell my stuff is either. Like, I don't know what no, happened to it. It's so frustrating. So, yeah, some some spirit comes in the night and just whisks them away somewhere. Yeah. 
So, um, are you familiar with the website Board Game Geek? Yeah, yeah. I don't really yeah. frequent it very often, but yeah, I, okay. I know that. Yeah. Well, like I said, at the time, board games were really taking over my my hobby life, and that's what I was really into. So, um, at the time, I was I was really building my board game collection, and I was kind of becoming a little bit of a board game snob. I think trying to um, trying to call my collection to be like really good games. So I was interested in like game ratings and stuff like that. And, um, you know, trading away games I didn't like as much and trying to get, you know, some really good ones. And I would search um, through different lists there to try to find some of the, the top games. Um, and I had, like I said, I had Blood Bowl. Um, and that was... That's a game, even though it's a you know, board game geek is a, a board game website, they still have some miniature games on there. And Blood Bowl was one that was rated pretty high. Um, and another one that was rated pretty high was Space Hulk. So as I was collecting more games, I thought, oh, Space Hulk, that I never played that. I, I think I played the computer game, but never played the board game or the, you know, the miniatures game. And I thought, you know, maybe I'll. I'll see if I can get a copy of that. Now, this is around 2008, 2009, maybe. It was right before the third edition had come out. So I found um, someone was selling uh, a copy, second edition. And so, you know, I bought that. And um, I thought, man, I, th I think I want to get back into painting miniatures again. I really missed doing that. So I started, you know, painting some of those. Um, through Board Game Geek, I also talked to some people and heard about a website called Fumble, where you can play um, Blood Bowl games online. So oh, yeah. I, I, I started doing a little bit of that. Um, you know, that kind of got me back into the, you know, into remembering some of these old miniature games. And then, then I kind of got the bug again, you know, because I'm now I'm painting some, some Space Hulk. And I thought, Man, I really miss playing Warhammer Quest because, like I said, that was the other game that I played quite a bit of, and um, had foolishly lost the game. Now I think I only had the the main box set at that point, so it wasn't a terrible loss. But I thought I would really love to have Warhammer Quest again. So somehow the stars aligned, and I found on eBay a lot of. Uh, Warhammer Quest and the two main box expansions for it, all new in box. Wow! And I, um, yeah, I was like, I, I have to get this. So I think I, I, um, yeah, I just went crazy, and I, and I got it, and I'm. It was one of the, one of the greatest game purchases I think I've made. You know, um, it was expensive, but it was worth it. Yeah, absolutely. so, um. So then, you know, that kind of got me really hooked into, you know, kind of revisiting some of these old games. So I was able to track down um, also through Board Game Geek, I got a copy of uh, Man of War. And because I thought uh, that was another game that was rated pretty high among the Games Workshop games. And I thought, okay, I, I hadn't enough experience playing it, but I knew it was a good game. So I, I trusted that it was worth picking up. So I was able to find a copy of that. And then I went on this crazy quest to try to collect all of Man of War. And um, over the years, I slowly did that. Now I was still painting um, 
painting the, the Space Hulk. I was painting some the Man of War stuff as I got it. Um, as far as the Warhammer quest, like I didn't touch it because I was afraid. I knew the value of it and I was afraid to like do a half-assed paint job on it. So I didn't even uh, want to begin doing that just yet. Uh, although I did paint some of the metal models because I thought I could easily strip those if I, if I wanted to. So, um, yeah, I, I, I started recollecting, um, you know, all these games. I eventually got into collecting uh, Necromunda again. Uh, but at this point, I was just like bouncing back and forth between painting all these different uh, things I was collecting. And, um, and just kind of really lacked focus, you know. So at one point, I thought, okay, this is stupid. I need to focus in and paint something because I was just kind of getting frustrated with myself for not completing any of these projects that I had. I had like multiple projects going on at the same time. So I thought, okay, I'm going to start with Space Hulk and I'm going to totally paint everything for Space Hulk, which, I mean, it's 30 models. It's not like like that many, you know. But um, so I, I buckled down and I got it all done. And man, that was such a satisfying feeling to have something completed. And uh, I thought everything looked great. I was so happy with it. Um, so then I contacted a, a board game friend of mine who was also, he, he had played some miniatures with me in the past. Uh, I, I met him through the game store years ago. And I said, let's play this um, Space Hulk game. So, I mean, th there I am. I spent all this time painting all of these Space Hulk miniatures, never played the game. So I said to him, let's play this game. Um, and we played it and I loved it. I don't know if it was a combination of it's a great game and also the fact that I was painting or playing with these, you know, great painted models. It just really... Um, enhance the experience for me. So that's one lesson that I learned is playing with painted models really ups the game. It, it makes it so much better, I think, you know, because you have that aesthetic that you can look across the table and, and see see that. It's just a really good feeling. Cool. So um, let's see. Um, I remember also around that time, I had another friend of mine who we were playing other games, not miniature games. And he decided that he wanted to try playing some miniature games maybe. Um, so he, he'd asked me about, uh, you know, some of the games I had and I was playing and I told him about Blood Bowl. And he said, well, that sounds something that might interest me. So we played a game of Blood Bowl and he loved it. He thought it was just so great because he loved the theme of it. So we said, we got to take this to a game store and see if we can drum up some excitement for it. So we went to this game store. Um, I had I had never been there. And we set up this game and we started playing it and and he knows everybody there, you know. So he's like, hey, come come check out this game. Trying to get, you know, people to interested in it to, to learn how to play. And um, everyone who was looking at it was like, eh, eh it looks kind of dumb. Yeah, not really, not interested, you know. Cause they're like, oh, what is it? And I'm like, oh, it's, it's called Blood Bowl. It's this game that, you know, Games Workshop used to make. Nobody would touch it. And uh, it was kind of disappointing. And then about a year later, I think I went back into that game store cause I had, I had moved. Somehow I went back to visit, stopped at the game store. By this point, Games Workshop has re-released Blood Bowl. And when I went in the store, everyone's playing Blood Bowl. 
And it was so frustrating because I was like, <laughs> you wouldn't play this game before because you thought it was stupid, but now Games Workshop puts it out and it's on the shelves and now you love it. And it's it, that's been like a, a continuing frustration for me. Is and, and I get it because I know that when when these, you know, like I said, when, when third edition 40K came out and, and um, sixth edition fantasy, we followed what Games Workshop was doing and we didn't want to play the old game anymore because it wasn't, that's not what was on the shelves. And I think, you know, maybe there was a mindset that, well, if the game's not on the shelf and I can't have, you know, readily access it, I don't want to play it. Um, so the good news was now they're playing Blood Bowl, but like I said, I was thinking, why wouldn't you play this with me last year? You know, when, when I was offering it to you. So uh, anyway, um, so uh, let's see, I, I, I was continuing painting. I, um, I finished some blood or some uh, Man of War miniatures and I contacted a friend and said, hey, you wanna play this, this game, Man of War? So uh, we played that. And again, I have all these painted fleets playing it for the first time, you know, like hoping, well, I better like this yeah. game after I spent all this time painting these miniatures. You know? yeah. And I love that too. I was like, yeah. this this game is great. I, yeah. you know, why wasn't I playing this before? Amazing. And man. really what I say, that's why I say I feel like a newcomer because even though I may have owned these games, I was around these games back in the nineties, I didn't really give them a chance or I didn't get the opportunity to paint them or play them as much as I am now. So that's kind of like a new, a new birth or new beginning for me in the hobby. Um, so anyway, um, at that point in my life, I was listening to a lot of podcasts. I, I had a job where I had a lot of time to listen to podcasts, mostly um, like Blood Bowl podcasts, different game podcasts. And um, I remember I, was on the Facebook um, Blood Bowl page and I saw a post that someone had made and I was like, what is that icon that they have? What's their avatar? And I looked closely and I thought, Crown of Command podcast, what's that? You know, I, if it's a game podcast, I'm all into that. So I, um, I checked out Crown of Command podcast and I was like, wow, this is great. This is, you know, right up my alley. <clears throat> so um, through the po through the podcast, through the Facebook group, I remember I was in a conversation with someone once and I made a comment about how my wife is always asking me, like, why do you paint all these miniatures, but I never see you playing any of these games? Yeah. And um, so th this gentleman responded back like, oh, well, why don't you check out the the player locator. Uh, he said, where are you from? And uh, I said, well, I'm from, he, I said, I'm from um, Pennsylvania in the, in the US. And someone responded to that comment and said, oh, where in Pennsylvania? I'm in Hershey. And I was like, what? I'm in Hershey. <laughs> so here, you know, it turns out there's this, not only is there another gamer in the area, which I knew there were gamers in the area, but it's a gamer who is also interested in these, you know, nostalgic '90s games, right. and he only lives like, you know, 15 minutes away from me. So, uh, so that was an awesome opportunity, you know. So I met up with him. We we got together at a um, uh, at a local game store, uh, and because 
that was around the time when the COVID restrictions had just lifted and right. we were able to play in store. So uh, we played Man of War and I really enjoyed that. And then we got together again uh, two weeks later and played uh, Necromunda. And again, here's the situation. I have two gangs completely painted, never played the game. So, wow. <laughs> so uh, and, and I have, I have a, 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 a neoprene mat and I have all this uh, MDF laser cut terrain. Uh, and it was, it was a blast. Now I did rec, I do recognize the rules. They were very similar to, um, second edition 40 K, but again, I was like, man, this is, this is awesome. And I mean, if you're, if you're familiar with the, um, the movie, uh, field of dreams, when they say, if you build it, they will come. That's kind of how I felt, you know, like I painted all these miniatures in faith and in hope that one day I'd be, you know, playing it with somebody and, uh, you know, Thankfully, I had all these miniatures available that I could just whip them out and play a couple games. Um, so then we also played, um, we played Space Hulk and enjoyed that, loved that. And uh, we were scheduled to play uh, Blood Bowl next. Uh, hopefully, we're going to get together next week and play that. Um, and the cool thing is, um, Anthony, he has Warhammer Fantasy Armies at least two, and he has some um, 40K second edition models. So he's got that end covered. And I have several of the specialist games. So I have that covered. So between the two of us, we have uh, quite a few games to play and you know, and miniatures to, to play them with. So, so that's pretty exciting. Um, but like I said, now I have just way too many projects going on because um, the Crown of Command podcast has really sparked my interest in all these games. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, thanks, I think, for for that. Uh, so, yeah, that's. Uh, I guess that's probably um, kind of brings me up to date. Oh, one one little story I will tell. Somewhere in all that, um, before I had had discovered the Crown of Command podcast. And when I was started, I was painting, but I was, you know, kind of in a lull and I was kind of getting frustrated with the fact that I wasn't able to find any, any players. Um, and I was searching, I mean, I'm searching online, trying to find, you know, people who are playing and everybody's playing whatever's current, you know, everyone's playing what, the new stuff. And that just didn't interest me. Um, and I got to thinking, I, 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 I moved to, the area that I live in now, and I knew that historical miniatures were a little more popular in this area. I knew that there were some uh, historical miniatures groups. And I started thinking, you know, maybe I should shift into historical games because they felt a little more mature, I guess. Um, so I, I started collecting and painting some uh, 15 millimeter uh, American Civil War miniatures uh because i i live not too far from like gettysburg so it's a, it's a local history you know it's local here so it's it's kind of the thing so i started painting these miniatures um really not knowing what game system i would use and i have to say i really did enjoy painting that small scale um because i had painted man of war loved that really liked the small scale stuff but I found that I just didn't have any interest in the historical theme. I couldn't find any games that I was interested in playing. The ones I would find, 
they were more like simulations than they were games. Like there was nothing in the rules about how to build an army or how to set up terrain. I think they just assumed that you were going to be playing with the order of battle that was, you know, actually took place in the battle and you'd be using terrain to, that was, you know, modeled after the, the, the maps. Um, so that just, it just didn't really interest me um, gameplay wise. So uh, I spent all this time painting all these historical miniatures and, um, <laughs> you know, and I was like, why am I doing this? I don't even like it. Uh, but then I found another game uh, that I thought I would like called uh, Debellus Antiquitatis, uh, sometimes called DBA. Um, it's an old game. Yeah. And uh, are you familiar with DBA? They, they were playing that when I was first getting into the hobby, mate, when I was about 17, 18. Yeah, right, yeah. right. And I I, um, I thought it just seemed like maybe the right, um, a good fit for me because it was, it was it was more of like a tournament style game, you know, where you would make you know you'd have an army and you'd you know set up terrain and roll for who goes first and you know victory points and all that stuff. Um, so I started painting some miniatures for that. Again, wasn't really interested in the theme, and I was like, well, I don't know why I'm painting this. I found out about a game made by the the same designer uh, of DBA called Hordes of the Things. And oh, it's basically, right. yeah. it, are you familiar with that as well? Yeah, another game that was sort of introduced to me. Like I didn't, I never played it, but I know guys who actually had the books and everything like that when I first got into gaming. So, like again, seventeen, eighteen year old. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah okay. Time okay. Ago now. Yeah. So I, I thought, well, I like painting this small scale stuff. Um, mm. Maybe I'll, you know, I'll give that a shot because it, that had that was a little more fluid as far as you know, you build an army. Um, you, you, you weren't really restricted like DBA was to playing a historical. Um, you know, historical setup. So I'm sort of looking around for some small, um, like 10 millimeter scale uh, fantasy miniatures. And I found, you know, there's a bunch of companies out there that are making stuff like that. So I bought some of those. I bought um, some lizard men. Actually, it's funny. I asked my son at the time, I said, um, I'm going to give you a list of all these different fantasy races and you tell me which two you think are the most interesting because I was hoping to get him interested in, in playing the game, you know? And he said, uh, lizard men sound good and undead, which kind of surprised me because he, he's not like an undead kind of player. I, I didn't think. So I, I ended up buying all these miniatures to be able to make um, hordes of the things, armies using these, um, these miniatures. And like my, my lizard man army, it even had like a, um, what looked like a slam mage on a palaquin, you know, because I was, I was trying to model my hordes army to look like a Warhammer fantasy army as much as I could, you know. So I, you know, I'm painting all these miniatures and, and I'm like halfway through, well, I, I finished my lizard man army, I'm halfway through my undead army. And I thought, why am I painting for this game? what I could be painting for War Master or, yeah. you know, one of these, because, because the thing I didn't like about Hordes was there was absolutely no story, no theme. Everything was generic. And um, it was the, the flavor and the fluff and the story behind um, the Warhammer universe that really got me hooked in the first place. 
And I, I thought, that's what I really want is, is that story. So, um, you know, I kind of gave up on that project and, you know, started with some other project. I don't know what it was at the time, but uh, like I said, I've just been all over the place with, um, you know, with all these projects that I have going on right now. And um, I think that, I know you talk about, um, you know, these different painting challenges that you have. And I would like to kind of com kind of come up with my own painting challenge for myself. And that is uh, to finish some of these projects that I have floating around there that are like one or two, or, you know, four models short of completion. You know, like I, when I played um, Necromunda recently with Anthony, <clears throat> I have two Necromunda gangs and my, my Delac gang, my heavy, with stubber was bare metal. Everything else is painted, the board looks beautiful, and there's this one bare metal miniature, you know, and I'm like, why do I still have this one miniature floating around there that I haven't gotten around to yet? It's because in the process of painting this gang up, I thought, hey, this other thing looks good, and then I go and bounce the way to that. So my challenge for myself is, I mean, I gotta get some of these uh, projects finished that are so close to completion. I was going to say, Chris, you're not alone, mate. I think we're all suffering yeah. from the same shiny <laughs> syndrome, new shiny syndrome. And yeah, <laughs> that's uh, why I think it would be a good challenge because I think we're all there. You know, I think we could take a picture of the, you know, the the one or two or three models that you have unpainted, and then take a second picture of the completed project. You know, that you finally got done. Because um, I tell you, I sometimes just you know just sitting around here, I'll, I'll open up my space hall and I look at those miniatures and I just, you know, kind of pick them up and look at them and, you know, set them down and, and just looking at those models that I painted, it just gives me a good feeling. It's, it's therapeutic for me, I think, to, to look through some of the models that I painted and I thought, man, I did that. You know, I finished that, that thing I was working on. It's a good feeling. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think looking at, what we're going to do for the next challenge and we're sort of bouncing ideas off people that kind of thing i was yeah. doing i was thinking about doing like a scenario kind of challenge but i think maybe that's just way too um yeah maybe just a bit prohibitive for people who don't want to maybe do an entire scenario that's quite a massive challenge that could you involve painting two armies scenario? yeah like picking up like a white dwarf and looking through one of the white dwarf battle reports and saying right. oh, yeah, i want to recreate that i yeah. think that i think that's a great idea but for many people, it probably would never be finished. And it's like yeah. involving two armies, terrain and all this kind of stuff. So, or, you know, having something that you've started, like you said, like an unfinished project and finishing it. Um, I was also thinking about doing board games like HeroQuest or, mm, you know, yeah. like um, Space Hulk or whatever it might be. One of the Milton Bradley games, having that as a challenge. Mm -hmm. um, but thinking about spring, because we're in the spring at the moment, uh, it might be good to have... Well, for this, for the for the northern hemisphere anyway, but it might be good to have like a spring clean out kind of uh, challenge where, like yeah, you say, you've I got like some un unfinished gang or a you know an army project that you haven't finished, and you still have those unpainted models. Maybe having that as like a, a mini challenge. Um, yeah. I don't I don't really want to do things that other challenges are doing, <clears throat> so I'm a bit careful in that re regard because what they're doing like with the Cowabunga and um, Gathering of Mighty Painters, what they're doing is doing, they're doing a great job with what they have and the old will army challenge and that kind of thing. So I want to do something a little bit different to that. 
um, now we did like the blood bowl challenge mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that was quite fun. We don't, we didn't have that many people, but that doesn't matter. Like it's just getting a few guys together and painting up their, our blood bowl mm -hmm. teams. That was good. And we should come back and do another one of those, uh, doing sort of like mini, like sort of mini things like that. And maybe coming back with a big fantasy or 40 K, um, challenge at some point mm -hmm. in the future, but yeah. Um, so I think in the meantime, as we don't have a challenge currently, we could just motivate each other through the Facebook groups and on Discord or whatever, and then sort of just push ourselves to get things done. Sure. I always find that having a date for a game motivates me. So for example, I'm going to play Epic Space Marine next weekend with Paul, and I need to get my 4,000 points of Chaos Epic finished. So I'm just working on that now, saying, okay, I've got to get that done by that date. I've got a game next Sunday also that I've, I'm repainting up my uh, Forest Goblin uh, cavalry and my wolf riders and mm. got some chariots ready and that kind of stuff for that. And I've got a, I've got a high off game on the 3rd of April. So I need to get a number of uh, archers finished on time and a general. So I've got these dates set in so that I know that I need to get these things done. So I'm sort of setting challenges for myself based on games going to play. So games are a massive motivator, I think, for yeah, most of sure. Um, yeah, so, you're more. You sound like you're a more proficient um, or prolific uh, painter than I am because I, you, you rattling off all these miniatures you have to paint. I'm like, oh, how long would that take me to do? I, I, because I'm a slow painter. Yeah, I suppose it comes down to like speed and, and yeah. diligence and that kind of thing. But I'm just like, once I get into something, I'm just just pumping them out you know what i mean like um especially for epic and you know, like when we talk about the small scale stuff like you, you talked about before yeah. that's a great way of you know building up a, a, an army a sizable army like four thousand points in very little time because of the scale of the models are only six mil in most cases yeah. for infantry and they're really nice models they're not overly detailed so mm -hmm. yeah i i you know um i was doing some zoom lessons yesterday and i sort of managed to paint uh a holy patrols and some uh slanesh beast riders and beastmen and that kind of thing in probably in the space of an hour or something like that maybe yeah i believe it um, so yeah, i i recently started um a, an epic project and i just i love it it's so relaxing and and um i don't want to say easy to paint but it, it is i mean it, it doesn't feel like a chore to paint, you know, epic scale stuff. And often what I'll do if I'm painting something, um, something else, and I'm kind of in between one thing to another, um, you know, maybe I'll just have a couple uh, epic stands, you know, off to the side that I can, I can quick work on while something else is drying. And it's, uh, yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's a lot of fun, really easy to paint. I really, really enjoy uh, painting epic for sure. Well, talking about challenges that have never been done before, we've never done an Epic Space Marine challenge, yeah. have we? So maybe that's something we could look at as, a, as an achievable challenge sure. in that the models are not so difficult to paint. Um, you can acquire either the originals or some very close <laughs> looking uh, proxies for them um, through various companies. So yeah, maybe that could, that could be an idea. So we'll yeah, just have to sure. see if we can sort of gauge the interest through the groups and see if that's something that's a viable choice. And if that's going to be 
something we can do why not let's do it you know i think sure. i think everyone's got like a well actually having said that i think i've painted all my space marine armies i need to get another army then chris so that'll be another <laughs> thing <laughs> so um actually talking about that i was really tempted because a guy i know in tasmania in australia had um a box set of epic space marine he's got the box but in inside there's like lots of marines i think he's got most of the marines in there plus all the rhinos and land raiders he's got four warlord titans with um, some metal weapon attachments as well they're all magnetized mm, yeah um and i was like looking at that thinking well that that'd be nice it's like a space marine project but yeah i don't know I'll have to have to think about it. I, I told Nick I, I wasn't going to do it because I think the, the postage getting it to Japan is quite expensive. So yeah. I'll have to think about it. We'll see how we go. But yeah, uh, I think, yeah, getting getting something like a Space Marine Challenge might be quite cool for people to do mm -hmm. um, for the future. Or uh, shall I say it, uh, Epic 40K, because a lot of people are into Epic 40K. So whether they're square-based or rectangle-based or whatever um yeah that'd be quite cool something something focused on the 90s but we'll have to see man see what we do but until then yeah just let everybody motivate you or get some games in with anthony and and sort of plan away get that last um delanganger <laughs> painted up yeah, yeah so one dude so it shouldn't be too difficult actually make that your weekend challenge mate chris well, make it your did, weekend challenge i did do that um i have another uh the last thing I painted was another Necromunda ganger. I think I might have, yeah, four more models and both of those gangs are totally complete. Um, I, I collected, you know, these are all metal models, of course, and they're yeah. the, they're, I wanted every, um, every option that was available. So every pose that, that they made for every gang. Um, and I think I have all of them. So that's, that's not just a play. When we played the other um, the other week, we played my playable gang, but I still have a few models uh, sitting there that that are unpainted. But I wanted to finish everything um, that I have for each each faction because I find that when I bounce around too much, I sometimes I get out of the groove and I kind of forget how I did some of the other ones you know and I, I really like to try to um if i do them all at one time it everything just goes so much quicker and i really need to do that so what? um yeah. i should ask you a question you just yeah. you got me thinking about this um are there any games from the 90s you know that, that we talk about that you have never played that you're maybe interested in in getting into. Let's see. Well, actually, I, I, I bought I bought Warhammer Quest during a opening grand opening mm -hmm. in the UK when I was there. It was like in the very first like week when I arrived in the UK, and I remember buying it and taking it back to our hotel room. Actually, it would have been yeah, it would have been the first few days we we arrived in the UK actually, mm -hmm. and I bought it really excited and open it up and i know we put the we started putting the map tiles on the on the on the mattress to play it and all that kind of thing the two guys i was there with marcus and brad they just were not interested in fantasy at all i don't think they were interested in dungeon crawling and that kind of stuff so i i, I have to say that i've never really played it because a we i don't think we even played through one of the 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 quests and 
that that again that game just dissolved to somewhere i don't know where it went but i think i must must have just gave it to somebody um when i was over there because nothing nothing survived on its on its trip back to australia yeah so i gotta say that's one of the games i've never played only through the only through the phone app i think there's like an app game you can get on your phone yes uh, i i had that as well and i don't know i guess it's it is very similar i think um but i just like the the aesthetic there's nothing like a table a tabletop game i i just um i don't think a computer game would ever replace a, a tabletop game for me exactly yeah i really would love to play that on the tabletop hopefully get one of the guys on discord like uh, marcel to run us a game at some point that's that's what he was going to do yeah. so whether i don't know how far far along he is with that project but that'd be great to play at some point um and the other one was uh, 40k epic uh, epic 40k mm-hmm. that yeah. came out in the 90s too i never played that i never played either uh, i'd like to give it a go i think paul's got the rules and we've got some terrain and everything here so uh if it's compatible with the square based uh, epic models we'll give that give that a give that a shot at some point mm-hmm. um let's see what else i think most of them actually a lot of the board games too because when we talked to Andy chambers you know the uh, the battle for armageddon and there was the other ones there were two other ones that ran uh, in a series of that yeah, doom of the elder yeah doom of the elder and there's another yes. one uh i can't remember what it was but anyhow I, yeah i never got to play those games unfortunately um so there are a few how about yourself mate uh those that you've mentioned um except warhammer quest of course uh i've never played oh it was on the tip of my tongue and it just went away Oh, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't think. Um, was it Space Hulk Second Edition? No, that's the one I have. Oh, that's the one you got. Um, I've I've never played that. Okay, I've never played oh, Second okay. Edition. Yeah. Okay. I've only, I've only played I, the Third Edition one. Oh, you've played the Third Edition, but not Second. Is that what you're yeah. saying? I've never played okay. First or uh, Second, but I know the Third was based on First anyway, so it's pretty much yeah. basically the right. same game. Yeah. Right. Right. Um. um Gorka Morka, I've never. Oh, played. I've never played. Me, I've never played that yeah. either. Yeah. Um, Battlefleet Gothic. Was yes, I never played that either. <laughs> yeah. I think those games were very short-lived. Uh, they were. They just didn't really get much support. I don't think. Yeah, Gorka Morka, especially. I think that's sort of. I think Rick Plessy also said that was kind of a commercial failure. Uh, yeah. In the end, but Battlefleet Gothic, man, that's you know, it's got a lot of love for it still, even now. Uh, yeah, nowadays that's the one that the community that. Has, has really kept alive, I think. Yeah, so. Right, there's quite a few actually, isn't there? Uh, there's probably more than that that I can't think of because there's so many games produced in that time, in that decade. Sure, yeah. Some pretty uh, obscure ones that... that uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's more than that. But, um, well, shall, can we class 3rd edition 40K because that was released in the 90s too. I've never played that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think... Yeah, I don't. Re- I, I may have played a game or two of that, um, and like I said, it just kind of it just for for the, the the people I was gaming with, it kind of flopped because you know they were so used to second edition, and you know they didn't like some of the changes that were taking place. So, and for me, it was the aesthetic. I didn't like. There was a lot of things I just didn't like about. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, well, that 
I think I, I was pretty much out of the hobby by then. I think when those games started coming out. Yeah, yeah, right. I was uh, on my way out as well. Yeah. I think I, I did play Talisman third oh, yeah. edition, third I edition one. That, yeah. mm-hmm. I remember playing that once a long, long time ago. Uh, I'd like to actually get that again because I saw it in a shop here in Japan. Uh, uh, by some miracle, there's an actual store that sells a lot of old hammer stuff, and they had in that. I bought the um, uh, with with the help of my friend Justin, he bought me the Battle Masters set, the Japanese mm-hmm. version of that. But they did have a, a box of um, Talisman there as well, third edition Talisman, probably complete and everything. So I have to check out if they've still got that. But that that's a game that that interests me a lot because it's got all those wonderful plastic models in it that the second mm. edition one doesn't have. It's only got those little card standouts, so you need all the metal models to collect. Yeah, yeah, but, for um, sure. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. funny you mentioned that because um, I had mentioned before that I now own Warhammer Quest, but I'm afraid to paint the miniatures just to, because I don't want to devalue it. I mean, not that, that that's a bad excuse, I know. But um, what I have been doing is um, trying to find metal replacements for some of the plastic models that I don't want to paint. So oh, right. um, the game comes with, you know, a wizard, an elf, a dwarf, and a barbarian. And I have found um, games like Citadel versions of, of those characters. And I painted those um, as replacements. And I'm really happy with the way they turned out. Uh, cool, so yeah. I'm going to try painting uh, the metal models for whatever... Um, you know, Warhammer Quest stuff I have. Yeah, I, my, a friend of mine back when we were playing, he, we, we were really big into that game. And um, the one thing about, um, there were, there were cards that would, um, you know, you would, you'd roll an event and you would flip over a card and that would tell you maybe what monster, you know, popped around a corner or out of the room. Um, but then there were also, instead of cards, there were charts in the books. So there was like a level one chart, level two chart. So whatever level your the average of your characters were, you would roll on that chart to see what monsters would pop out. And of course, the, the charts had many, many more options than the, um, than the cards did. And my friend was on um, a project to try to collect and paint all of the models for the different levels. So I think he had uh, painted all the models for any of the possibilities you could come up with at level one and any of the possibilities you can come up with at level two. And he's kind of working his way up. And now, I mean, that's a huge project because, you know, those, yeah. those models cover, you know, the entire Citadel range. Wowzers. Yeah, but that was a lot of, um, and that just tells you how, how much we played that game. Yeah, for sure, mate. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, he's not he's not painting anymore. I, I still am in contact with him. Mm. Um, he's developed um, Parkinson's, and he's not oh. no longer able to paint, which is kind of sad. But um, yeah. but he still has it all. He still has all his stuff in a in a case. Wow. Well, I hope you guys can get to play again, mate. That's the thing. Isn't yeah, it? we talked about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I should uh, I should put that bug in his ear again about. Yeah, do that, uh, mate. Do it. Yeah, let's well, do it. That. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, wonderful, mate. That's excellent. Or just get your kids as well to play with you and all that kind of thing. And yeah, that's and, another thing. And actually, that that kind of brings up a whole, you know, a whole mm. other uh, topic. Uh, you know, the idea of um, you know, you talk about getting your kids to play. And I know there's other 
some of your other guests have talked about, you know, they have their kids and they try they play with them. And um, I've tried to get uh, my son interested. Now, my son is more interested in, um, he's more of a card player. Uh, I got him into playing Pokemon years ago. So he's more into, into cards, not so much miniatures, but I think if, um, I think the way I can get him interested in um, the hobby is the way I got interested in it. And that is through, through the, the lore, because he's, um, he's an artist as well. He likes to draw and um, I'll have to show him some of the old, um, the old nineties books and say, check out the artwork in here. And uh, I think maybe if he gets a, a peek at some of the art and some of the, of the flavor text, you know, in the, in the, the corners of some of the books that he might get interested in it that way. Oh, nice, mate. That's great. Yeah, yeah. that's wonderful. That's wonderful. You can involve your kids in your hobby. Yeah. That's good. My, yeah, my, it, yeah, my it, little it, Stotling it, King, he's sort of, he doesn't really, he's not so interested in it. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> he's more just interested in throwing the dice at this stage. Sure, so, right. Yeah, but I'm sure that will develop later on as he gets older. Yeah. But that topic kind of got me thinking about, um, about, I know we have a, a really niche hobby and it's actually, yeah, I think you've said it's like a niche within a niche, you know, cause we're interested in, in specific corner of these, um, these games. And it got me thinking about um, like the future of our hobby and, and how we get others involved in it and who we get involved in it. Um, and it, I'm kind of interested I wouldn't mind knowing the statistics of this, if it's possible of, um, I know that, you know, we've said that um, there seems to be more and more of an, of an in increase in interest in these games, um, mostly because of COVID probably, or, you know, whatever. Um, and I'm interested in knowing where these new gamers are coming from. Are they, are they folks like us who grew up playing these games uh, in the 90s and now are making a return? Are they people who uh, never played the games but maybe heard about them and are, you know, interested in, in checking out some of these bygone games? Um, you know, and how can we get others involved in playing, uh, you know, the games that we're interested in playing? Yeah, mate, it's, it's, I think it's just the people who played the games back in the day. Uh, you know, you've, you've got more of a chance of getting them, roping them back into playing again. Um, yeah. Getting new players in, uh, probably not so much, but yeah, yeah. It, yeah, you might, you might be lucky. You might just be lucky. Someone who's really fed up with the current Games Workshop or who gave up on Games Workshop maybe a decade ago uh, may want to pick up you know, playing up all these old games that were probably more fun and relaxed and sure all about having a good time and, you know, these random charts of, you know, silliness that uh, keeps them coming back for more and more like Man of War and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, maybe that, maybe because a lot of those games are like a lot less competitive than the modern iterations of those editions oh, that came out later. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, I think if people are looking for a, a, a non-competitive way of playing games, social games, but enjoying the theme and the, the lore and the stories and that kind of thing and playing a good narrative game, then I think these games definitely fill that niche. Yeah, I think I agree that the story and the, 
overall aesthetic of the games are what really makes them stand out in, in my in my opinion anyway yeah because yeah. i know it's really hard to get somebody interested in a game like like you say hey let's play this game it's, it's really great and they're like oh wow it's a lot of fun where can i get it and you're like well you can't <laughs> because you know, <laughs> you know what i mean it's like uh. Well, you can go on this, you know, down this rabbit hole of trying to find and collect these, you know, these games. And, uh, and, and that's another whole topic of discussion, too, about how does someone who is just getting started, how do they begin um, the process of, of getting into some of these games? That, that's a podcast in itself, I think, man. I think we've got to do that at some stage. Yeah, yeah. So people who are maybe listening to the podcast who think, yeah, I played those games back in the day, but I don't have all those models now. How would one get into playing these games again? Um, maybe that's a really good good topic of discussion. Yeah, I've done it a couple of times. Yeah. So I have a little bit of experience in knowing how right. to. And, and, and there's different ways that... Um, some projects were easier th than others to um, to get into. Um, mm. I think, and, and I don't know if you want to go down this rabbit hole, but I think that if you're going to start a new uh, a project like that, I think the first thing you need to ask yourself is like, what are what's my motivation, and what are my expectations in in getting into this? Um, am I trying to recreate that? white dwarf battle report am i trying to build back the army that i had or is it well uh like me um you know i'm listening to the podcast and john webb starts talking about what a great game uh space marine second edition is and i'm like oh yeah that does sound pretty cool you know now i never played it so i didn't have a connection with the models and i didn't have anything Thing to, um, I know prior experience with it. So I was a little more willing to make some compromises with that. Um, whereas some other games like, um, oh, like, like Blood Bowl, like I don't want the new models. I want the old models. And I'm very specific about what I want. Um, I want the original books. I want the original box. Whereas, like I said, with, with Space Marine, eh, I don't care. I'll take a PDF. I'm fine with printing out and laminating that template. And like I said, whatever you, what you're willing to compromise with as far as um, you know, getting the materials, getting the miniatures, getting the rules and the templates and the counters, um, that's going to really determine how easy it is and how expensive it is for you to, to get into something like that. Yeah, that's, that's a great way of looking at it, mate. I think, yeah, focus on one thing that you really love to play and that you know you're probably going to be playing it and just focus on that and, and just try to get as many models and um, rules and what have you, whatever, whatever you need to get the core of, of your game off the yeah. ground and find another player to play it with you and hopefully together you can source enough of what you need to start playing and then go from there i guess but yeah facebook trade groups uh, ebay to an extent mm -hmm. um but local local sales groups local stores like if you're in the states you're very lucky you'll probably find some game store there that has like a sales bin or something that's you know or secondhand 
kind of mm -hmm. corner where people bring their old wares in to cash in to buy the new stuff. Um, so I've heard many stories like that. But uh, go and check out your friend, friends from back in the day who had all this sort of stuff. Maybe they still got it in their attics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, on their closets or whatever, or in their basements. Uh, That's good. So, That's, yeah. That's a good idea. I've never thought about that. Yeah, but yeah, always in the Facebook groups, you'll see every day something pop up. So there's such an inexhaustible amount of stuff out there. Um, so you'll definitely find it. If you really want it and, you know, if your pockets are deep, you're fine. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be okay. You'll, you'll get it eventually. But be patient. I think that's the main mm -hmm. main thing. Don't jump on something because you think it's the only chance you'll ever get of getting it because it won't be. There'll be so many other opportunities um, to get it. But yeah, we can we can definitely, we might get you back, Chris, to talk about that sure. in a future That'd episode awesome. with a couple other people. Um, yeah, just yeah, talking about cool. how to get back into the hobby after all these years, as we all did, you know, and how, to, yeah. how do you start and how, to, what, you know, like you say, um, manage your expectations of what that could be and how far you're willing to go with it. Don't be like me and collect five systems at a, go, at, at, at a time. It's, it's, quite, it's quite a challenge in itself. You're, you're but... preaching to the choir there. Yeah. I'm <laughs> and also don't be like me and collect and paint all these miniatures without ever playing the game and, and knowing whether you're even gonna like it or not. Well, that's true. That, that's, that's amazing. I've never heard anybody doing that, Chris. So you're, you're the first for me to actually yeah. have, have a fully painted army or fully painted set of models or two teams or whatever it might be and they've actually haven't played the game that's incredible so yeah but um that's 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 a wonderful thing i wish i could do that but i wish i, I had like you know tons really, of stuff painted. i really loved it though i really loved it yeah um, yeah and maybe it was a combination of the fact that because like i said when you're painting when you're playing with painted models on a beautiful board it it just takes the enjoyment of the game up a notch absolutely um, yeah and I, you know, I don't know how some people can play with, um, you know, well, I shouldn't say this. I say, I don't know how people can play with these, you know, unpainted gray models uh, on the board. But then I think, wait a minute, that's how I started. You know, I started with mm. using proxies. So maybe I shouldn't be so hard on, on them. Yeah. Um, but, but I know when Anthony and I first got together to play a game, we were both kind of picky. We're both picky now. And we said, we don't want to play with unpainted models. We really want to, we won't really want the whole deal, you know? So um, luckily we have the models, enough models to do that, but I'd like to expand a little bit and um, open up some more options for, uh, for play. I'd like to, to build up my uh, Man of War fleets a little bit more so I can get some more options there. But uh, yeah, so many, I'm, I'm pulled in so many directions right now. It's, it's uh uh, I'm probably not a good example. <laughs> we should do a man of war challenge. That'd be quite good. Oh, hey. Paint all, a fleet. All on board with that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I got to say, I'm <clears throat> when man, when I first started collecting man of war, um, I was, this was years ago. This was mm. um, 2000, 2009, 10, something like that is when I probably started. And um there was stuff out there still. You you could find it, and I got I was lucky to get some some good deals. Um, towards the end, there there are some models that are much more hard, to, much rarer than others. Mm. Um, but this is all before three D printing hits the scene, you know. And right. now with three D printing, oh my goodness, there are some beautiful models out there that they're making. 
for, um, you know, they're very true to the uh, original aesthetic. And mm. so um, I think if I were starting from scratch with Man of War, that's probably where I would go. I would go 3D printing. Um, now, because I have all the original stuff, there's part of me that says, mm, no, the original is better because that's just yeah. what I <laughs> That's me if too, I, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so like, like with Epic, I don't have yeah. I, mean, I don't have any of the original Epic models. Yeah. So of course my human nature is to say, oh no, 3D printing is fine for that too. You know, but if I had all the originals, I might, I might think the originals are better. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, yeah. That's like I say, you've got to make that compromise early on. Uh, what, yeah, what are you willing sure. to do? And some people aren't fussy and some people say, oh yeah, 3D printing is great. You know, I'll, I'll print them out. I don't want to spend an awful lot of money, uh, which is another thing that we'll, we'll have to definitely talk about in the, in that future yeah. episode about, uh, what you expect to pay for these models now and recasting and all this kind of stuff, all these issues that uh, will, will crop up with people, you know, uh, on their, on their adventure of finding the, uh, the Holy grail of uh, all these models and that kind of thing. Yeah. The pitfalls and uh, all that kind of thing. We should do that. Definitely. Um, it's yeah. a great, great episode to, to, okay, uh, then I'll, I'll keep some of my comments. Uh, I'll save save save, save it for that, I'll Chris. Yeah, yeah my, sure. my wife's just walked through the door, so I'm going to have to uh, call this uh, meeting here, mate. But it was really great to talk to you, Chris. We'll definitely have you back on at, in a future episode. But I I, I would imagine uh, the community found your story very uh, heartwarming, and no, uh, it's it's really good to hear that you you're back into the hobby with Anthony and you're playing games, mate. And you're yeah, you're actually planning playing all those games of all those painted models you had there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and my. My um, my heart really goes out to new newcomers, new gamers, new, people who are just getting into this. Um, if so, if anybody would would like some advice or some help with with finding anything, or um, I would love to you know pay it forward and uh, and help anybody out that I can, uh, you know, get back into the the joy of painting and playing uh, these games. Awesome, mate. Yeah. So if you want to. And get in touch with Chris. You can do so right. <laughs> uh, on our Discord channel. Chris is on there, um, and in our Facebook groups, uh, either in the Matter War group, Epic Space Marine, the Cranica Man group, uh, and various others ones. I'm sure. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris is everywhere. But uh, but yeah, thanks very much again, Chris, for your time today. I really well, appreciate you. it. Yeah, and we'll talk again. Talk again soon, mate, with uh, another episode in the future about how to get into the hobby. Great. Sounds great. Okay, mate. Take care. You too. See ya. Okay, bye-bye.